like right here. Just pay attention to us. The Middle Children. Hello, I'm Jesse Jollis. And I'm Chris Burns. And this is Middle Children. Wow. Wow. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. And I really felt like, oh, you're going low. I'll go high. He went high. I'll go low. I I felt like we really ping-ponged. Harmony. Harmony. I do want to just sort of like get the elephant out of the room. And it's a big elephant. (laughs) Which is that? (laughs) It's fun because we're doing these. um, We're recording on Zoom recorders, but also in a Zoom meeting (laughs) so that we can still be face to face, you know? Yes. And I I pushed this 30 minutes late. One reason is I woke up and I immediately um I've been having if full disclosure, this has been my hardest week so far and my face has really reflected that. So I woke up felt um what felt like a scab on my lip. I said not today and I I scraped it off and then I've been bleeding since um and i said chris i don't know what to do i'm gonna be bleeding all over the mic so she proceeded to put on a band-aid but when i um said yeah just throw on a band-aid i thought she meant one of like the small dot band-aids that you put on things like that but she came out with one that is um like if you had accidentally hit your arm against a belt sander and you need one that covers your whole yeah your whole arm yeah. So she just kind of folded it up onto her lip there. I look like that dad at the soccer game with a big old blonde mustache who's like maybe drinking a beer. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're like, it's between that and like an older man at the grocery store, and you're like, oh, he must have fell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm starting. And it's just every time I see my own reflection, it's frightening. So I can't <laughs> what this is like for chris i'm into it (laughs) okay god bless i'm appreciating it um (sighs) so how are you feeling why such a bad day oh it's been a bad week i have been watching married at first sight and that's all i've been doing yeah that sounds like a pretty good week to me you know i did watch a lot of couples a lot of ups and downs i'm so obsessed with this show chris (laughs) i i'm like Full I blow. get that way with sh- certain shows, and that that's why when people are like, "You've never seen Shit's Creek," and I'm like, "No," because I know how I'll get. Yeah, and it's like I'll become obsessed with it, and then I'm like talking only about that. I'm doing Catherine O'Hara impressions. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm arrested for trying to break into one of their homes. A hundred percent. And it's like I was planning to be in the show when it comes back, the revival. Jesse has been talking a little bit too much, I think, about being a cast member on Married in First Sight. It's uncomfortable. I did think you were joking, but now I'm starting to feel like maybe you're not. You know, it's interesting because I think I realized, first of all, there's so much in it that you learn. So many takeaways, Chris. So Jesse's um, cat's (laughs) ass is fully in the camera for Zoom. So I'm not even seeing Jesse anymore. I'm just seeing Winnie's butthole. So (laughs) that's my view. (laughs) It's so funny. You know, she's sometimes I'm just like, am I a really bad mom? Is this like what it's like to be, um, I don't know, a mother struggling and you just see her, your daughter every now and again, look at you with like 
eyes like i haven't been fed yet and i'm like god damn i'm I'm so sorry (laughs) i'm just a bad mom so we're all struggling this mustache is i need to stop touching it i can't it keeps falling the only thing that's more distracting than the giant band-aid is the fact that jesse keeps (laughs) re-adhesing it (laughs) okay wait let me tell you about married at first sight so i'm obsessed with it I love it, okay? I love the dysfunction and I love the function. There was this one couple who, you know what? We got more information later, but at the beginning, the girl and the guy, he was like, I don't think she's like definitely my type, but like I could grow to love her, which is like what I want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they kiss and he says he feels repulsed and dead inside. Oh, yeah. I think you told me about this one. Was she into him? Yeah. And he just thought she was disgusting? Well, turns out, I guess it was like weird sex stuff. So that's what that's what happened at the beginning. I was like, well, that feels psychotic. And then later on weird sex stuff. So then later on, she's like, he won't let me talk about it, but I have to talk about it because I don't know what to do. But I I guess it's almost like a unicorn. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true, but I guess it's like they had sex too early and that made him feel really sick inside what (laughs) i don't know it sounds like when they have sex she says then for two to three hours he goes somewhere he has to be alone he can't look at me (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine that for two to three hours yeah what is he doing i don't know nobody follows him with cameras no one's there during the sex i don't think she might be lying I don't know what's that. And then he doesn't want to talk about it. And then he's like, well, do you want to talk about your drinking? And you're like, what's happening behind closed doors, you guys? Oh, is she a drinker? I hate when they talk about that. Me too. I also think she's drinking because her husband takes two to three hours after sex to go somewhere. I drink too. He takes like a three hour shower. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... uh... It's like that episode of Sex and the City when Miranda's dating the really religious guy and he like showers immediately after sex and then she's like you don't have to feel guilt and he starts screaming at her yeah he was hot though he was hot though and for that i say i would you know it'd be interesting and then he later played julia louis dreyfus's husband in new adventures of old christine a a wildly underrated show wow and i've never even heard of it see wanda sykes julia louis dreyfus she owns a gym hello what yeah divorced (laughs) Lives with her brother, has some kids. It's beautiful. That sounds actually like a lot of fun and something I could get into. What are you watching? I was watching this show. So a lot of homos have been recommending to me this show called Dragula. And it's like on Netflix now. But it's like Drag Race meets American Horror Story. Wow. Meets Fear Factor, which I didn't realize. So it's like (laughs) Drag Race style and that they're competing. But all of the things are like kind of creepy or like incredibly scary and then instead of having to lip sync for their life they have to do like fear factor challenges like jump out of a plane or like eat a cow's brain and that those parts i I was like this is not my cup of tea yeah uh and the production quality is just like terrible oh 
But I watched both seasons that were on Netflix. <laughs> okay, good. And you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I also was like, I probably wouldn't have kept watching if I had other options. Yeah, yeah. And then yesterday, I was just in a mood yesterday. I don't know why. I was like very out of it and was intermittently crying. And so then oh. I went to bed at like 1030 and I slept for like 12 hours. See, that's the trick. And I hadn't been sleeping. I think that's why, because I hadn't slept all week long. I don't, I'm not going to bed at good times. I'm not waking up like a pioneer. I wake up like I've been hit in the head with a tray the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's how you fell asleep. You got knocked in the head with a vase so that you could fall asleep. Yes. And someone like carried me a ghost of some sort to bed. And then I wake up like, oh, my head. And someone's like, you were hit with a vase. That sounds lovely. It does sound lovely. I've also been watching this show called Paranormal Survivor, I think. It's oh. Called on Netflix. And it's um like forensic files. It tells real stories. Of, it's like people telling their story of their haunted house. Oh, cool. So sometimes it's like really scary or bizarre, but then other times I'm like, that sounds so nice. Like one guy was like, I always wake up and I feel like, like somebody's brushing my face <laughs> and then he has these paranormal people come in and it, he had like 45 ghosts in the house. Oh my God. Cause he also was having things where like, if he stood at one place in the kitchen, sometimes all of a sudden it was like somebody was um bear hugging him from behind but in like a violent way like choking him oh and then if he went into one room like he basically walked in and like got punched and kicked and whatever <laughs> and so they were like yeah there's a lot of evil spirits in here because the house was like 500 years old and whatever <gasps> and they're like but there's one woman that's like in love with you and <gasps> she says that she was your wife in a past life. And then they like played the, because you know how they like record things sometimes. And, yes. and she just said, like, you could just hear her say, I love you. <gasps> and then they were like, so that's who's been Brushing touching your, your face. face. Wow. And then he was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like he was into it. These people yeah. all stay in the house. Oh, I would have been out of there before that. They would have, I mean, imagine having a friend over and they're like, what's this room? Oh, don't go in. <laughs> Yes, and then sometimes they'll be like, I contacted the person who lived in the house before, and they were, like, yeah. not answering, whatever. They're, like, refusing to answer the phone, so then they'll go see them, and the person's like, yeah, I know that it's haunted. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with it. And they're like, you couldn't have said something? Because they were afraid they'd never sell it. Exactly. And it's, like, always bizarre. Yeah, I know it's haunted, okay? I got the shit beat out of me for 15 years. <laughs> they're like, leave us alone. Thanks. <laughs> Psycho. Psycho. Have you ever had a ghost encounter? I don't know. Okay, this I will say. Say it. So, like, I do believe in them fully. And in college, I lived in, like, a huge house that oh. was in my college town. No, it was, like, they. it was an apartment on the first floor. Yeah. And there was two guys that lived in it. And then there was the third floor. And it was these three girls. And then the attic was me and another girl. But we, like, lived with the three girls on the second floor. So it was, like, the whole thing. But me and the other girl were in the attic. And there was only one night that both the boys that lived on the first floor were gone and all my roommates were gone. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm, like, sleeping in the attic of this old house. <laughs> and I was, like, oh. this is... Like, I had never been there completely <laughs> alone before. And I had christmas lights like on like white lights along the ceiling and like a fan and my tv on and my phone plugged in and i kept waking up all night because i felt like my roommate was there and i like would go to her side of the room but she was never there and then i woke up and 
my TV was off, which I had it on. My phone was on the charger, but it was dead. Oh. and Or it was, like, off. And then my fan was off, and the Christmas lights that were on the ceiling were, like, hitting me in the face. And that's how I woke up. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> Shit went down. Are you single? Are you single? It's very stranger things, you know? Very stranger things. It's very str- But I don't... I'm, I'm nice to ghosts. I also would like to think I'm nice to ghosts. My dad talks about this story about he went to... He was in college in his, like, freshman year dorm. One day, he was, like, just in his bed, and this guy came in and started, like, knocking things off of his desk and off of things. And he was like, hey, man, what? come on, man, what are you doing? <laughs> and the guy, like, didn't speak. And my dad was like, what? what are you doing? And then his roommate was there, but then his roommate looked at him like, who are you talking to? And yeah. then my dad was like, did you see that guy? And his roommate didn't say anything. And my dad was like, holy shnikes. So then he told this other guy who lived on his floor, whose dad just so happens to be like a ghost, whatever. Turns out someone had killed themselves in my dad's dorm room. The guy was like, do you want to see a picture of the guy? And my dad was like, no, because I know what he looks like. But what do I do? And the ghost guy just said that, like, when they come, you're just like, I'm not here to hurt you. Something like that. But isn't that crazy? That is my friend that lives here. Like my friend from growing up the yeah. like three weeks ago. It happened like three nights in a row. They have um like the nest things so like on the door so to like the alexa will be like someone's at the door before they ring the doorbell oh and three nights in a row at like four in the morning it said that like oh. someone's at the door and there was no one there and they watched the tape and both times there's like a like oh. she like put, sent me the video it's crazy and it's like a sphere like a like white sphere orb like floating on their porch wow and I was like, don't answer the door. You do not let that shit in. Do not answer the door. And you tell Alexa to keep it shut. <laughs> like, yeah, that my best friend's family owned like a huge house in Staten Island that like they had for like years and years and years and years. And um, her cousin would always go and go up into the attic when she was a kid and say that she was playing with her friend Emily. And it was like her imaginary friend. And then... Oh for years and then when they would leave they would be like why doesn't emily come with us because she's like visiting the grandma's house she'd be like because she lives there (laughs) and they're like well that's weird and then when her grandmother died and they sold the house they had like the transaction records of whoever owned the house and the woman that owned it before her was like an old lady who died on the third floor and that was her name wow see i love that that i think will be my destiny I'm haunting the shit out of someone. Stuck in some attic and don't know how to get out. And I'm just like asking little kids. I'm like, do you want to have a tea party? Like, I'm bored (laughs) as hell. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I have crumpets. Can you get me a laptop? (laughs) (laughs) Just tell your parents I'm imaginary, okay? They won't press any further. But ask them for Hulu with no commercials. Yeah. (laughs) The mustache has officially fallen. It did fall. It fell straight off. And there's really nothing I can do at this point. I don't know how it looks, but I don't want to know. gushing blood. So that's good. Okay. I'll take that. Speaking of, should uh, we get into embarrassing stories? It's the embarrassing story of the week. I think it's like so beautiful and powerful to know that one of the hosts is sort of like bleeding throughout the episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's very Dragula. Thank you. Okay, so my embarrassing story. This is circa whatever. I'm like 12 or 13. I think I'm in... I'm either a freshman in high school. I think I'm a freshman in high school. We had just, my house had burnt down because of the fire. Tragic. And um, we had moved into this rental house in this neighborhood, 10 minutes from where I used to live. We were all getting used to it. My brother had just started running to lose weight, which was, you know, triggering for me. (laughs) Me and my sister, like, started riding our bikes because there was, like, a really long driveway. And it was just, like... a cool bike path there was a huge hill and then going up was really hard okay so one day my sister and I were riding our bikes and we're riding around and there were a few kids that went to my high school that lived like on the street or whatever not that I saw them too often but I knew they lived there and I was like maybe we'll be friends who's to say so I'm riding my bike and I'm at the bottom which is like halfway with my sister and all of a sudden I was like "Uh uh-oh I think I'm going to shit my brains out. (laughs) And my sister was like, okay, let's just like, we'll ride home quick. I'm like, okay, but it's hard. You know when I'm like zero to 60. So Mm -hmm. I was at zero and all of a sudden I'm like, oh no. So there's that huge hill. I have to get off and start walking because I'm like, I can't even pedal. I don't think I'll shit everywhere so i'm pushing up this hill pushing up this hill we still have like another quarter mile half mile to go there was a construction site where they're building this new house oh no yeah and i was like sandy i'm not gonna make it i'm not gonna make it so i have to like go into this construction site field by this house because i start to feel so sick I never get sick vomiting, which sometimes I wish I did. It's much more excusable. It's just much more excusable. People are like, ah, when somebody's throwing up, she's sick. But when somebody's (laughs) shitting their pants, they're like, she's a psychotic. (laughs) They're like, are you possessed? What's wrong with you, you animal? So I was like, but I'm always that way. So I pull over. My sister's like, don't. I'm like, Sandy, I can't. There's no other option. So I start shitting my brains out and i'm like you crouched over to the point where i'm sure i look repulsive and it's like hot out but you know when you feel sick you're you have a fever anyway or something yeah so that like bead of sweat on your lip (laughs) right so i look i look like i've died we hear my neighbors coming. I'm like, oh my God. I don't even know what to do. I like try to hide behind a bush. Remember, my my shorts are down at my ankles. So you had already shit? I'm like mid shit. Almost done, but I'm still like, oh. <laughs> and my sister's like trying to help. But then people are coming. She's like, oh, my God. So we're both like, oh, my God. So I try to hide behind this bush (laughs) and, like, get my shorts back up. We start talking to this girl. She doesn't realize that (laughs) what's happened. And after a little bit, when she keeps walking, she notices. Oh, my God. The pile of shit. And then says. Were there horses here? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, yeah, maybe. All right, well, we got to go. And then I just walked off, slumped off with my sister, like, let's get out of here. 
unwiped. Uh, I mean, I tried to wipe, but yeah, I, I, essentially it was, I went right in the shower. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it was such a massacre. I told my parents when I got home and then I was like, I don't even know. I was like, is that trespassing? Am I going to get arrested? <laughs> I just, uh, ugh. I'll tell a recent um, story, similar vibes. I love that. I was on a <coughs> red eye. Hello. Hello from LA to New York. Oh my um, God. What a world traveler you are. Yeah. Well, you know me. Um, <laughs> my friend had gotten me the flight with his airline miles. Oh, I very nice. Afford it, so. Well. But I'm on the flight and I famously can't sleep on planes. Oh. It's a it's a curse, really. So it really is. I'm on this red eye, everybody's sleeping except for me. I'm watching under the Tuscan sun. <laughs> And I had had an edible. Oh. As I'm turning on to see Sandra O oh in Under the Tuscan Sun, a uh, little Diane Lane action. Yeah. This little like Twinkie flight attendant stops by and he's like, excuse me, how old are you? And I was like, um, old enough to be watching Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, 29 or whatever, 28 at the time. And he was like, Oh, okay. And then like scurried away. And I was like, that was bizarre. And then he comes back and he has three little mini bottles of Grey Goose <gasps> and a can of seltzer and a cup with ice and a lime in it. And he just sets it on my little mini table and winks and disappears. I'm sorry. I know, right? Love at first sight. I was like, this is like the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me. And then goes away. I don't see him again for the rest of the flight. But so I finished what he gives me. I'm watching Under the Tuscan Sun. I'm feeling myself. And then that's when the bead of sweat starts on my upper lip. Uh-oh. And I'm like, what's happening? Again, <laughs> I'm on a plane of silent people sleeping. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Something's happening to me. So I make my way into the bathroom. Oh. And I start projectile vomiting. <gasps> and I don't know. Okay, because this is the thing. And in my head, I'm like, this little flight attendant is going to get fired. Because <laughs> oh. people are going to find out what I'm doing in here. And then he, they're going to be like, he gave you too much to drink. But I'm like, I wasn't, you know. Yeah. It was not too much. <laughs> no. But as I'm vomiting, then I start feeling um, <gasps> like I'm going to. The other way the other way that's not right so then i have to like try my best to stop puking so i can get my pants off (laughs) (laughs) so i turn around and now i'm like projectile shitting (laughs) and projectile vomiting into the airplane sink no (gasps) and it had to when i came out people were awake (laughs) that weren't awake before and I just like dabbed my the corners of my mouth. <laughs> we were also like literally like landing at the time. Oh no. So that happened and then another time when I was in third grade or like first grade, I was in the car going to school and I farted as a joke because I thought it'd be funny and <laughs> I knew exactly what had happened. <laughs> but I was afraid to tell my mom. Um and so then I get out and we're walking into school and I have a full load of poop in my pants. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, I was walking into school and this girl, what was her name? <laughs> I think her name was like Elizabeth. She left the school the next year. But she was like trash, like born and bred trash. I was obsessed with her, but she was sitting in the hall taking off her boots and I walked by and she's like, 
Chris, why are you walking like you shit your pants? Oh my God. Down the hall, my mom was like, so why are you walking like that? And I was like, <laughs> I pooped my pants. And so she was like, just go into the bathroom. But it was like one of the in-class bathrooms. Oh no. So I had to go in there and wait while the class started and she went home to get me new underwear and came back. Oh. And I was just like hiding in there and people were knocking, being like, <laughs> what's going on? I need the bathroom. And I'm like, I don't feel good. Sorry. And then nobody wondered when my mom came into the classroom and delivered a fresh pair of underwear. Nobody wondered? I mean, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Oh my God. It wasn't very popular. <laughs> I'm surprised the fart joke didn't work. You know, it, people <laughs> laughed in the car. <laughs> it did work at the time. Did work. I knew my audience, okay? And I knew their humor. I knew because there was kids that like my mom would babysit in the morning. So they were in the car and I knew they needed a laugh before classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice of you. And so I made them laugh. You delivered, and then your mom delivered. And what a time that was for the What both a time of you. that was for me. And then she brought it, and I was like, Do you have a cheese stick? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm hungry. I've been in the bathroom all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time. That's so funny. That reminds me of the time that my brother, my brother was in denial over so many things, so many things. And one of them was like, sometimes he would just get dressed so quickly without looking like anywhere. So one time my brother came upstairs and it looked like he was wearing like a pencil skirt. <laughs> we all were like, what? Like, what shorts are those or something? And he's like, it's fine. I like them, blah, blah, blah. But he can barely move. He's like held in tight. All of a sudden, we notice in the back, like a tail, which he's is like in for one half of the shorts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we're like, you put both legs into one leg. And he's like, I love it like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where it's like, this is how I wear it. And it's great this way. <laughs> and we're all like, you look like you're captive in your own shorts. I just recommend taking one leg out and putting it where it's supposed to be. <laughs> and he just was like waddling around in such denial of like, this is how you wear it. I love it like this. It's sexy. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Eventually we're all like, fine, wear it however you want to wear it. Like, good luck. And then next thing you know, it was on the catwalk in New It York. was on the catwalk. We were like, wow, who knew? Danny was a fashionista. Should we move on to our next segment? Let's move on to our next. Which is. The fatal child of the week. Wow, what a beautiful little jingle. God, we love a jingle. It. I so am obsessed good. with it. I, it's so good. The person who um, made that, Hannah Solo, also recently went viral because she pretended to be the mayor of Las Vegas. And <laughs> it's so funny, but um, like beautifully edited into a video interview with Anderson Cooper and the actual mayor of Las Vegas. And then it went viral because people thought she was the actual mayor. Oh my so God. it's like all these people being like, this ugly ass wigged because <laughs> she's wearing like a crazy wig and stuff. So they all think they're coming at the actual mayor of Las Vegas. Oh but really, God. it's her. 
Oh my god. And the whole thing, she's just talking about how she thinks there should be a Moulin Rouge casino. <laughs> but anyway, okay guys, the middle child of the week this week is somebody that's near and dear to my heart. And Jessie's. Thank I know you. That. Passionate. I love her. I love her. And I always have. And, and as I, me as well. Demi Lovato. I don't know if you've heard of her. Demi Lovato. Let me tell you something about Demi Lovato. When she sang Stone Cold on Saturday Night Live, changed my life. Mm-hmm. Changed my life. Because you know what? I don't want to be Stone Cold either. No no one does. And she sang it like a little angel. Oh, when she sang Sober, Ugh. I almost cry every single time I hear it. I can't even watch it because she's crying. And now she has two singles out. Can't wait for the album. Can't wait. But she's an icon. And I do feel like if she met me, she would like me. I feel that as well. And I feel like we'd be great influences. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do also feel like I very much think that if Ariana Grande knew me, she'd want to be my best friend. And that's always how I felt. Yes. Ariana would definitely love, love her some of you. Like, I feel like she really would. I feel like Demi would like me and we would be, like, friendly. Yeah. But she's, like, one of those people that I like, but she, you know when you're like, yeah. oh, they're so cool, but they, they don't really love me like I love them. Yes. But Ariana, I feel like it would be an equal love. It would be mutual. I think with Demi, I would love her so much, and then I would be afraid when she starts going off the deep end, and I'd be like, I have to sacrifice myself for Demi and the greater good of the world. Yeah. To the point where Demi's like, Jesse, stop. You're not being my friend. You're being a controlling mom. And I'd be like, I don't know how to do both. I'm worried about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm worried about you. Yeah. I also feel that way that like Lizzo would really like me. And I think Lizzo and I are can we have the same birthday. That's amazing. Which is tight today is mine and Lizzo's birthday. Wait. When this comes out. Okay. I was about to say <laughs> I thought your birthday was Monday, and I feel a fool. Today is Saturday. We record two days in advance. Wow, you really scared me. You really scared me, Chris. Oh, so both you and Lizzo have your birthday on Monday. But do you know how I know what Lizzo's birthday is? This sounds insane, but I was watching an interview with her, and she was talking about all these things, and I was like, Lizzo and I have such similar... Like, she's like, I feel really uncomfortable communicating my emotions with another person but i'll like post on instagram all my emotions because it's like easier yeah and was saying all the and i'm like lizzo and i i bet she's a taurus we have similar yeah (laughs) vibes so i googled what is lizzo's sign and it came up her birthday is my birthday that is crazy kismet some might say you guys would be good friends. I could see that for you, 100%. Although I do love Demi Lovato, and I just want to say shout out to Demi. Demi has seen the middle child curse of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying to be perfect, trying to, you know, fit in, uh, branch out. And I just think it's been hard, and she's used to be in that middle. You know, it all adds up is all I'm saying. It all adds up. And she's just an icon. Do you know that when I do drag, that she's always been my greatest inspiration when it comes to makeup? That's what I'm always trying to achieve. I love that. And honestly, that makes sense. She always looks fierce. Also, she quarantined with a boy. We've met. He once came into our office when we were working together. Oh, wow. I don't remember him. He, like, sang. He was so attractive. Damn. But, yeah, I guess they're they're dating. So good for both of them. Good for both of them. 
Yeah, no, my dragon spell. And people are like, what is your makeup? And so I'm like, it's a mix between Demi Lovato and Real Housewife of New Jersey, Melissa Gorga. I love that. That's perfect. That's, <laughs> That's perfect. what I'm going for. I've met Melissa Gorga. I have yet to meet Demi Lovato. The, uh, just in due time. In due time. We'll have her on the pod. We'll try. We'll try. All right, guys. It's time for... The Hallmark Another fun jingle. We love these jingles. Do you have an idea? Or you go first. Okay, I don't have an idea, but I'll come up with it. Okay, great. Okay, I'm on a farm. <gasps> oh, I see you on a farm, yes. Okay, so it is a big vegetable farm. Okay, I could see that. Because my my family... Loves vegetables. Basically invented cauliflower, okay? No. So they didn't invent it, obviously, but they're the mass producers of it, so... It's the year is now. It's present. It's a big time for cauliflower. Oh, they rebranded the whole thing. I mean, there's cauliflower pizzas, cauliflower, cauliflower gnocchi, chips, you name it. Okay. Rice. Yeah. Anything that used to be a carb is now cauliflower. <laughs> yeah. And I can see that my parents are worn out because they, oh. they, they started the business when cauliflower, it was steamed or yep. baked. That's it. Oh. So they've been working really hard. And they want to leave the business to me. <gasps> they want to retire and go to Hawaii. Oh. And they're like, we're going to leave you the business. Wow. And I'm like, I don't I don't want the business because I have dreams. Oh, you know? sure. I always wanted to open a zoo. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I always wanted to open a primate sanctuary. Wow. Yeah. It's been a huge passion of mine ever since I was a kid. When I was a baby, I fell into a um, uh, gorilla exhibit. Oh, no. And everybody was freaking out. But there was one gorilla there named Miranda. And she picked me up and she held me. The gorilla, everybody's freaking out. They think that she's going to like, you know. Squeeze you to death. Snap you in half. And the other male gorillas are getting angry with her because they want it. They want to eat me. Yeah. And she's holding me tight, tight as a tiger <laughs> and protects me. Yeah. And I'm okay. So I've always been connected to Miranda. That makes sense. And she passed away. So no. It was devastating to me. Oh. But I, so I, my parents know that that's what I've always wanted is to open a zoo. Yeah. That makes sense. A primate sanctuary. Not so much a zoo. People can come and see them, but they're living in their natural habitat. You're Carol Baskin in a better. In cages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be a Carol Baskin, but um, better. Better. Yeah. And so I'm always on the message boards with primates <laughs> or people that love primates. Okay. And so I'm always talking and I'm talking and I'm single and I live on a farm and it's yeah. like in the middle of nowhere because it's so big because it's so much cauliflower. Oy. And so I was ready to make the move. I'd been saving up my money and I was going to move because there was a farm for sale ne the next lot. Mm. And so I was like, I'm going to make that my primate sanctuary. And then my parents are like, no, we're going to Hawaii. You need to take the cauliflower business. And I'm a good wow. person. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is my life now. Yeah. There's always been a couple of employees that work for the family. And one of them is Rob. And he is about my age, very handsome. Oh. He had a ro rocky past. My parents took him in. Okay. Okay. So he's wearing flannel, a denim jacket. All right. I like it. Jeans, work boots. <gasps> 
he's a little gruff. Ooh. Olive, olive skin. Oh, Lord, help us all. A beard. Stop. Like, like just the beginning of a beard. Okay, he he's starting something. He keeps okay. it up, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's, like, always trying to, like, flirt with me, but I never notice it. That's so typical. Because I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too <laughs> busy just, like, thinking about myself. Oh. Oh. And so he comes in. There's a, a scene where I'm rude to him because <gasps> I'm upset about the primates. And then oh. and then I'm, like, I just, you know, I, I make a scene and I am rude yeah. to him. And you're there, of course, because your role is the other employee. Yes. So there's the there's the left lot manager and the right lot manager. So Rob runs the left lot. You run the, the right lot. That feels good for me. And so you see me being terrible to him. And you're like, you know that he's obsessed with you? Chris, he loves you. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, he's not. He do- We don't have any of the same interests. And you're like, he owns a chimpanzee. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> what and you're like yeah when he was a kid no he found this little chimpanzee that was injured because his family lived in the jungle they were missionaries and he rescued the chimpanzee he's had it for like 25 years oh my god it's like the reverse of your story exactly okay and i'm like oh my god i didn't know that about him it's so weird we've never spoken about it So weird. And you're like, well, he makes you like he you make him nervous. You make him so nervous. And I'm like, I don't mean to come off that way. Yeah, but you're stone cold. Stone cold. You're like, well, you do. You're like, you make me nervous too. And I'm like, well, you can handle it. And then we have like a laughing moment. Yeah, that's so us. And so then long story short, I'm I'm miserable at the business. And then I see him in the distance and he's creating a sanctuary what and i go and i'm like rob what are you doing and what he was are you like doing? he's like i know like i it's always been my dream to create a primate sanctuary stop and i'm like are you mocking me and he's <laughs> like <laughs> he's like no i like i'm on all these message boards <gasps> i would always talk to this guy and he no. that owns a farm nearby i don't know where it is because i've always been so busy here i always wanted to meet up with him oh my god and he starts saying things, and that's when I realized that he is Chimp Man 27. <laughs> and that's who I have been. <laughs> and that's who I have been constantly chatting with <gasps> online. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, wait, so you <laughs> bought this plot of land? And he's like, yeah, well, I bought a half of it because I couldn't afford the whole thing, but... I'm hoping that no one buys the other side and I'm going to I'm going to expand it eventually. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'll buy the other side. (gasps) And so most of the film is us building the sanctuary. You're stressed out because you're pretty much single handedly running the cauliflower farm now. Oh, God. Well, good luck to me. But I'm like, oh, my God, I gave you a raise. Can you calm down? And we have more (laughs) like laughing, laughing stuff. Yeah. And then we end up filling up the the sanctuary with different primates that we've rescued. And he's like, my whole, my heart's almost so full now that I have all of this. And I'm like, almost. And he's like, yeah, I just need one more thing. And then he kisses me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. And so then the, the, the movie ends with the wedding. The wedding. And you are standing, so it cuts to you, and you're like, okay, girls, this is your time to shine. 
don't mess this up for them or we'll all have hell to pay. They cut yeah. back and it is three chimpanzees in <laughs> bridesmaids' dresses. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, you go first. I want to look skinny. <laughs> and you're like, go, go, go. And it's very funny. Oh my gosh. And we all just make eye contact and roll our eyes and laugh. Um, oh my God. And it does leave room for a sequel. I love that. Thank what you. you just described is a dream. Thank you. It's called um, Chimpman Twenty Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's called Chimpman Twenty Seven. Okay, I'm literally so here for that. Thank you. There's only one thing missing. I knew it was going to be you, Chris. <laughs> I right? knew it the whole time. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Okay. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah, of course. Picture this. It's me. I'm a high business. I'm a high powered businesswoman. Okay. Naturally. I have a briefcase and everything. And I'm running to the airport. Okay. So you see me. I've closed a deal. I'm like, taxi. I'm in mm. a taxi. I'm going to the airport. I'm like, blah, blah. I'm going through. You know, I've got pre check. I'm going in, going down the aisle, get to my first class seat. Someone's in my seat. <gasps> I was like, um, excuse me, sir, you're in my seat. The guy happens to be very attractive. That's besides the point, okay? I'm a high-powered businesswoman, yeah. and that's my seat. And he's like, actually, it's my seat. If you can believe it, we both have the same <gasps> ticket, the same seat. We both have 2C, okay? I'm like, this is my seat. The flight attendant comes over. She's like, let's not have a ruckus, okay? She says, um, the flight is completely full. I said, okay, no, because this is a red eye, if you will. I said, I'm going, you know, from LA to New York, and mm -hmm. I have this big meeting I'm going to where, like, the company that I work for, I, I have to get back. Like, I have this huge meeting in the morning. He's like, okay, well, I also have a meeting, so I can't just not be there. They're like, you guys need to take it outside <laughs> and decide for yourself. So I'm like, listen. You POS. I'm a woman. You should give me the seat. Like, this is rude. He's like, I have a meeting. I'm like, okay, I have a meeting. I'm a high-powered woman. <laughs> and this is my briefcase. Give me the seat. Then I just storm back in. I'm like, he said I could have the seat. He's like, no, I didn't. I, and I wave goodbye. I go, bye-bye. And then I sit in the seat and I'm like, oh, thank God that's over yeah. with. Okay. I get back to New York. My cat... <laughs> When he is there, I say, hey, when um, I sleep for like an hour before I have to get up, go to into the office. OK, I'm in the office. Um, you just so happen to be my assistant. OK, okay amazing. You're like, um, look who decided to roll in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, OK, where's my chai latte? We have the big meeting today. OK, so let's get ready for that. You're like, I have everything prepared. Of course I do. Of course. So then I'm getting ready. I'm practicing my presentation. And you're like, um, funny enough, they push the meeting. I'm like, what? <gasps> you're like, yeah, we push the meeting. I'm so angry because I barely slept. But we're having the meeting later on that day. OK, like a few hours later, I try to sleep in my office. And if you can believe it, while I'm asleep in my office comes, uh, you know, this guy comes to 
to you. And he's like, I'm here for the meeting with Miss Robinson. And you're like, okay, she's in there. Just hold on one second. He sees it's me because this just so happens to be the guy from 2C. Of course it is. Of course it is. So then he's like, I'll wake her. And you're like, um. She's not going to like that. (laughs) But he's so angry, he pushes right past you, Chris. And he goes into my office and he's like, Good morning. And I fly out of my seat. I'm like, Oh my God. He's like, Well, oh, I didn't know. Uh, I'm Daryl, whatever, the head of big media. (laughs) Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh my God. And big media is absorbing your company. Right. This is the new CEO, the new head honcho. He's like, sorry to wake you from your slumber. I'm like, "Uh I was just um, crunching numbers. You're like, she meditates. She was meditating. I'm like, exactly. He's like, how interesting. Well, I'll be in the boardroom. And and I'm like, oh, well, the presentation's set up for here. He's like, I want it in the boardroom. That won't be a problem, will it? I'm like, not at all. He leaves. I'm like, Chris. That's the asshole from the plane. <laughs> okay. And you're like, oh my God, he did seem hostile. I'm like, yeah, he did, didn't he? He's so angry. Now we have to figure out how to get all this stuff into the boardroom. And I have to pitch him on why I should take over the company, even though he's bought it, but while I sh- why I should continue to run it and why I'm the right gal for the job. And you're like, okay, we've got this. Um, I'll start packing up your office. And I'm like, Chris, no, I'm going to get the job. You're like, <laughs> yes, of course. So we go into the boardroom. I'm like, okay, just be yourself and, you know, be intimidating. So I start the presentation. I'm really flustered. Okay. Naturally. Naturally. And he's like, you know, let's cut the shit. I don't like you. And I say, well, the feeling is mutual, my friend. I don't like you. And he said, I can't even deal with this presentation right now because I just got an email that one of our biggest clients, Toyota, is is in a meeting with, uh, you know, other another media place. So we need to come up with a branding pitch for them before we even get to this little pitch of why you should stay at the company. And I go, well, lucky for you, I love Toyota. So that's fine. I'll start working on it. And he's like, no, we'll start working on it. I'll be in my office, come there. And I'm like, Chris, I'm going to kill this man. And you're like, stop it. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, he's kind of cute though, right? (laughs) And I'm like, Chris, uh, stop it. You're like, don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then it's you, me, and this guy. I'm like, Chris, come with me. You can take notes. And I'm like asking questions about if he's single or not. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, Chris. Then we're like coming up with ideas of like Toyota, like who is Toyota? You know what I mean? They're like, we're a family car, but we're more than that. We're also a car for the single, for the single people. You know, we're not just family people. We, we rule out half the audience. And I say, you know, as a single woman, I feel it's very important to have a brand that uh, identifies with people who are living, uh, you know, their life and still want to be safe and have a great car. 
but are single. He's like, that's an interesting spin on it. I didn't know you were single. And you're like, oh, he didn't know you were single. So then we stay up all night, me and him. We're laughing. We're joking. We're coming up with this Toyota thing. You're passed out on the couch. <laughs> Naturally. And... um as were there's chinese food cartons sprawled all over yeah we have a moment where we share a stare a little too long and then we're both like uh, uh i'm so i will um i'll see you tomorrow you know and he's like it is tomorrow and i'm like i should sleep maybe not in my office i've been interrupted before and then he's like i thought you were meditating and i'm like ha, ha, ha. that's just a fancy word for sleeping and we have a little joke about that you know and then it's like okay next day comes i'm like chris you'll never guess what happened when you fell asleep and you're like bitch i wasn't sleeping i was just trying to give you your space (laughs) (laughs) why didn't you guys make out and i'm like oh well i i didn't know that you were fake sleeping he's like well you're like whatever i was meditating i'm like okay what is this meditation thing with you but we get ready for this big toyota presentation him and I are at like the head of this huge boardroom being like Toyota for the family man and the man who's still trying to figure out who family is. Oh, wow. That's that's, that's the slogan. And Toyota's like, <sighs> so we get the deal. We're so excited about it. And then he tells me, he pulls me aside. He's like, you did amazing. I'm like, thank you so much. And you're like, wink, wink. And he says, but I have to tell you something. I came here to fire you (gasps) because my right hand guy uh, who I trust like is who I want to have the position like I I never thought we were going to work together on this I never thought that this would go well like I was just planning on firing you when you came in the boardroom and I'm like oh my god he said, but, you know, now that we've started working together, I, I could see if maybe, well, you know, I could get you a, another job, a little lower pay, not as much credit. And I was like, no, what? Yeah, you're a high-powered woman. I'm a high-powered woman. That's part of my, that's who I am. So I say, I can't believe this, this dishonesty. What, what was the presentation I was going to give you for? Just, just for shits and giggles for you? And he was like, well, it's procedure. And I'm like, well, procedure this. I quit. <laughs> I'm like, Chris, let's go. And you're like, I, the money. I, I'd love to stay if I can. I'm like, what? Because you're like my only friend. Because you've been married to work. Exactly. And so then you're like, I, I can't leave. So I go to the, I go to Central Park and I'm like, wow, isn't this fitting? I'm all alone. The guy I thought I was in love with it was going to fire me. And my assistant, who was my best friend, I thought, stayed at the company because he needs a paycheck. Isn't, isn't everything a full circle? So I'm like really sad, but I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time to reinvent myself. And maybe it's time to buy a Toyota of my own <laughs> and really start figuring out who's going to be in my car. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to california where my family is see them for a little bit regroup okay and um i pack up my apartment i send you a present at work which is just like um a meditation sleep app it's the combination of our two favorite things (laughs) and i get ready to go to the airport and then when i get to the airport they're like oh no 
And I'm like, what? And they say, we're we're overbooked no. for this flight. And I say, son of a gun. I dare somebody to try to take my seat. And they're like, ma'am, if you want to, are you in a rush? If you are, then, you know, you can try to, but, but if you're not in a rush, um, we can give you like a free flight next flight first class on us so I say I guess I'm not in a rush like that's fine I I, maybe I don't need to be so combative I don't need to fight anymore so I'm in the food court eating Chinese food by myself and all of a sudden a ticket goes on my table and it says 2c and he says you should take the seat and I say oh I'm actually waiting for the next flight and then I look up and it's the CEO and he's like listen I made a mistake. I didn't know you before I had decided I was going to fire you. And you are a whippersnapper. (laughs) And not only do I want you back at the company, I'm going to give you a raise and a bonus. And he puts down a key, a Toyota key. And I say, what's this? And he goes, it's a car and I'd like to be in it. (gasps) Yeah. So then he's like, let's go for a ride. So I go outside. We got it. We're going to go for a spin. And then all of a sudden we pick you up too. And you're like, <laughs> bitch, where you been? And the three of us ride off to take on the world and to just be happy. Wow. Thank you. And the branding opportunities alone there. <laughs> the branding opportunities. I'll say it. Sponsored by Toyota. Honestly, it could be sponsored by Toyota. That's a beautiful story. I really love it. I actually feel like that would be a great movie for us. <laughs> I think that's genius. That Thank is right you. up our alley. <laughs> oh. uh, are we ready for our last segment? <gasps> yes, we are, Chris. Okay, it's time for... Praise to the praises, I love it. Okay, this week, the praise that we're praising comes from Doc Nat. So I'm assuming that means Dr. Natalie. Oh, I love that for Doc. We got a doctor in the house. We do. And she says, middle children unite is the headline. Love. My saving grace in all caps. As an essential worker... Doctor, of my forty-five-minute drive is made easier by this Monday morning saving grace. Love y'all. You are so natural on the mic, and no other podcast can quite compare to your humor and content. As a middle child, with my brother being the oldest and miracle baby, Ugh. double whammy, and my sister, the youngest, named after my grandmother, triple whammy. Oi, I'm left to fend for myself, and you all make me realize I'm not alone. Thank you for giving us middle children a voice. That's Doc Nat. Oh, my God. Love you, girl. Obsessed. And now it's time to praise the shit out of you. First of all, in a time like this, not all heroes wear capes, okay? They wear scrubs. Here, here. Here, here. And then they got a DR dot right in front of their name. I mean, she's going to work during these times, helping people, saving lives. 45-minute commute as well. And you know what else she's doing? Being a great sister, a great friend. Mm -hmm. She still answers people's phone calls. She's at the doctor, and she's reaching out to her siblings who are off 
just still getting paid and she's saying yep. how are you holding up oh my god you know she is she's That's checking in on others doc nat is oh wow ain't it the truth and you know doc nat's the type of person that around the holidays or birthdays she doesn't just phone in a present no she spends time she thinks about the person she's like what would they like who are they or she'll just like be walking somewhere and see a present and go i'm gonna get that for bill and i'm gonna save it for him because he's gonna love it she's the type of person she works 100 hour a week okay yeah she's a doctor she's walking for the holidays and she hears her brother mention one time years ago i've always wanted uh, a golden vase that has a monkey oh. inscribed on it. Yes. And she's like, that's so ridiculous. He said it when they were kids. She's walking yeah. by a vintage shop. She sees one in the window. She remembers that conversation from 30 years before. She buys it. She leaves it on his doorstep just as a gift. She doesn't even leave a note on it because she knows that he'll be like, you didn't have to do that. It must have been so expensive. He just thinks he found it. She's so selfless. That's so her. Okay, she's the type of woman that when she goes shopping, it just so happens that the woman next door is like, does this look good on me? And she's like, it does. You look amazing. Buy it. She says it before the woman even asks. Okay, (laughs) she steps out. She's looking a little questioning. Yep. She's questioning her self-worth. Yeah. Doc Nat sees that in her eyes and she takes that away. Yep. She goes, hey, you look amazing. She's the type of person that comes to work. And she says. Here's a here's your um venti chai latte. Oh my god. And her friend uh, Isabella is like, "Oh my god, how did you not need this?" And she's like, "Had a feeling." And she just can know when her coworkers need a cup of joe and she brings it in. Yep. She always raises people's spirits. She comes in sometimes and she'll see all the doctors are looking stressed and she's like, "Do we need to learn a TikTok song right now? Do we need to dance?" <laughs> Do we need to dance? Because I'll teach y'all savage. And she's going through her own shit, but she puts that on the back burner to pep up the others. Mm -hmm. She's a middle child to all, but she's also like the best part of the Oreo. The cream. The cream. The creme de la creme. She's the double stuff in between (gasps) those two Oreos. Oh, you're an icon, Doc Nat, in all seriousness. Yeah. We love you. We appreciate you. And the world loves you and appreciates you. Yes. I hope that your ride today was wonderful and that you go in there and you remember how amazing you are. Because you're a goddamn superstar. Okay? That's right. And a middle child. Here, here. Here, here. <gasps> so fun. So fun. And as always, you guys are all superstars. Yes. We love you so much. You're powerful. You can do anything. We love you. We're obsessed with you. If you want to hear more, we have a Patreon where we're going to put up a new episode soon. You know, we love you. We're out there. Keep writing those great reviews. We love them. We live for them. All right, guys. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe if you liked it. Make sure you check out our Patreon where we will have the high episode dropping soon. It's all recorded. And it is a shit show. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we want that's what we wanted and boy did we deliver all right so all right we love you love you bye the middle children middle children is produced by cameron rude our theme song is written and performed by hannah solo and alex mitchell with photography by sarah nathan and artwork by abby lloyd 